Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, beginning with verse 22. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man came and wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we come to this place this morning full of things, full of plans for the day, full of thoughts full of worries, full of all of the things that we bring to this place with us this morning, and we lay those at your feet. We ask that for this moment and for this time that you pause those, those voices, those words in our hearts and in our minds, and open us up to hear your words, that they may fill us up and send us out into the world. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God. Amen. Um, one of the cool parts about ministry is I get to go to a lot of uh, youth sports. <laughs> um, my very first, like, I've, I think I've seen them all. I've had youth in, like, every sport possible. I've gone to basketball games and volleyball games and soccer games and football games and uh, band, marching band competitions. I think I've gotten to see everything, and I don't always understand any of the rules, right? Um, I've been to two volleyball games and Caitlin played volleyball for a semester and I still don't understand half of the rules of that sport. <laughs> I know the ball's not supposed to touch the ground. But there's, there's more, right? There's more rules than that? Okay. <laughs> and in all of my years of doing ministry, the only sport that I will not go back to is wrestling. If you choose to do wrestling, I love you, I support you, I'm going to do that from afar. I can't do it. It's too... Um, it's too much. It's too much. I don't know if you've seen wrestling in real life, like um, competitive, like high school wrestling or Olympic wrestling in real life, but from the beginning to the end of wrestling, everything looks like someone is about to be dangerously injured. I mean, that's when they're standing still, right? They begin the match by like one person kneeling on the ground and the other person getting onto their back and like hugging them which when my kids do that as a, as a cue that someone's about to get dangerously injured. But this is the sport. I had a youth named Parker who um, 
was great. Parker was, um, was a little uh, idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic, that was a hard word to say. He was a little uh, off the beat. He saw the world in a little bit of a different way. Um, but he was awesome. He was, you're not supposed to have favorites, but he was one of my favorites. And um, I, I loved Parker, but Parker did wrestling. And so I went <laughs> innocently to Parker's wrestling match um, and had to close my eyes the whole time. I couldn't do it, because every time he flipped over, it made a loud thumping noise. Bam. Bam. And I was positive that Parker was going to get injured, and his parents seemed not at all bothered by anything that was happening. That's just part of wrestling. And so I said, Parker, I love you, but I'm never coming back. <laughs> Parker was a kid who always wrestled. He wrestled with, um, in actual wrestling, but he also wrestled with who he was, who God called him to be. He was amazingly talented. He played the guitar. Um, he, one time in worship, he rewrote the words to Wagon Wheel to tell the story of the scripture reading. He was supposed to be the liturgist, but he brought his guitar. Um, he drew, would draw pictures. He drew a picture on a napkin for me of me doing the sermon one time, um, which was both flattering and insulting at the same time. <laughs> And I hung it up in my office and I still have it. And one year I must have said I liked baked beans because he bought me a can of baked beans for my birthday, right? It's a cool kid. He always wrestled with where he fit in the world. Parker ended up joining the army. He tried a few other things. He went to college first and that didn't fit. And he tried going into the police academy and that didn't fit. And he ended up going into the army, which I'm not really sure fit either. But that's where he went. And he served many years in the army, ten, five, six, seven years. He was stationed in Italy for a while. And when he came home, he became one of the victims of mental health crisis. And his parents lobbied Congress. And there is now a Parker Fox mental health veterans awareness bill where you can, if you are a veteran, um, sign up for a scholarship to go to a therapist. And so Parker left a legacy. He left a legacy because he never quite fit. He never quite fit into the world and he didn't know what to do and he was always wrestling with himself and wrestling with God. Now God wants us to wrestle. Jacob spent his life from beginning to end wrestling with himself and wrestling with God. Jacob and Esau were twins. They were born at the same time, Jacob literally holding on to the heel of Esau, which is not how it works. <laughs> but Rebecca, his mother, would say that they would literally wrestle in her womb, that they were so violent together in her womb that it felt like they were wrestling and I only ever had one child at a time, and I could tell you that sometimes it felt like there was parties happening in my, in my womb, you know? Like, I can't imagine triplets, like what insanity was going on in there, right? <laughs> but Jacob and Esau wrestled with each other from the moment that they were conceived through life. And Esau was born first. And Jacob was born holding Esau's heel, grasping for his blessings, grasping and struggling to be first. Jacob, who was named the heel, spent his life being known as the trickster because Jacob spent his life trying to get something other than what he had. 
He wanted Esau's blessings because back in that day, the first child got everything. The first child was supposed, the first son was supposed to take care of the family after he got all of the things that his father gave him. But Jacob wasn't happy with that, and so he spent his life scheming until one day he stole his brother's birthright. He tricked his father, who was blind and deaf, into giving him the birthright. He knew that his father was about to die. He knew that Isaac was on his deathbed, could not see, could not hear, could barely talk. And so he dressed up as Esau and put his dad's hand on his beard, the fake one that he had, and received Esau's blessings. And then he learned that Esau was a little bit upset. Esau was so angry with Jacob, he had to run away. And so he ran away and hid from the blame of what he had done. And even then he wrestled. He goes and he's supposed to marry one child and um, the dad tricks him and gives him the other one. And, and then he has to marry both of them because he really wanted to marry Rachel. But he spends his life scheming, always reaching for something else, reaching more, reaching for something different. I don't even know if it was more so much as different. He just wanted something other than what he had. He wanted to be someone else. Finally, in his old age, Jacob reaches Israel, or reaches the river. And on the other side of the river is his brother Esau's land. Now, Jacob has done a pretty good job of avoiding Esau until this point in his life. When Esau says, would you like to meet Esau, the one who Jacob had done all of these tricks to, the one whose blessing Jacob had stolen, Esau reaches out to him and said, would you like to meet? And Jacob tries to scheme his way out of this too. He sends his servant over with some gifts. He sends his sons over with some gifts. He sends all of his household over with some gifts to try to get Esau to not be maybe quite so angry about the fact that Jacob has already always been scheming. Finally, Jacob is alone, sitting by the side of the river, and the night gets dark, and Jacob has to deal with God. Jacob has done a pretty good job of running away from God, as much as he's run away from Esau his entire life, until finally he is alone by the river, and he is set to meet his brother the next day, and God says, it's time, folks. It's time, Jacob, for you to wrestle with yourself. You spent your life fighting with everybody else. You've spent your life trying to trick everyone else, trying to grasp for things that aren't yours. You've spent your life running away from other people and running away from God. And it's time today, tonight, right here, for us to wrestle. It is in the still of the night that Jacob wrestles with God finally and wrestles with himself finally and owns up to everything that he had done. All of the people he'd hurt, all of the times in his life where he had let other people down or followed bad advice or wanted to be somebody else or blamed other people for things that were his own fault. He wrestles all night with God until finally God says, Okay. Okay. I think you're ready. I think you're ready to go and see your brother Esau, who you have wronged, because you have finally wrestled with your part of this story. 
And so God renames him from Jacob to Israel. Jacob meaning heel or the bad guy, and Israel meaning people who wrestle with God. And so for the rest of history, Israel has been the people who wrestled with God. And as long as I have lived, and as many years that I have done this, the people who I find who have the richest and deepest relationships are the ones who are willing to wrestle. The ones who are willing to wrestle with God in the dips of the night, the ones who are willing to wrestle with each other, the ones who are willing to invest themselves into the relationship enough to put the effort in enough to try. We will always, when we have more than one people together, have opportunities for conflict. You know the old joke about Presbyterians? If you put two Presbyterians in a room, you get three opinions, <laughs> right? And that's okay. Because the point is to wrestle with all three of those opinions. The point is to wrestle with God. The point is to wrestle with each other. The point is to get engaged enough with one another and with God to care about the outcome. To honestly look at ourselves and our roles in these things, the way that we could have stood up, the way that we could own our part in this conflict, the way that we could wrestle with ourselves and the difference between who we say we are and who we actually live our life to be. Wrestling is the point. We can avoid conflict. We can run like Jacob did. We can try to scheme our way out of it, we can try to lie our way out of it, but in the end, conflict always eventually comes anyway. The change in our hearts comes anyway. The change in our hearts comes when we choose to run or choose to wrestle. All of those things come. The only thing that we get to choose is the manner in which it happens. And so Jacob, by finally owning up to his role in this situation, his role with his brother Esau, was able to finally get to a place where he could meet his brother without being afraid of his brother's reaction. Not because Esau didn't have every right to be angry, not because Esau didn't have every right to yell at Jacob and to do all the nasty things that Jacob had ever done to, es him, to Esau in his life. And Jacob was afraid of that response, and that's okay. But when Jacob was willing to wrestle with Esau and to hear his point of view and to get engaged with him was when they were both finally able to be set free. When he crosses the river the next morning, Esau runs up to him and hugs him and says, my brother, my brother, you have been lost and now you are found. It's because both of them have wrestled with God. Jacob has wrestled with God. Esau has wrestled with God, I'm sure, and himself. And the folks who wrote the Bible lifted this story up to remind us that it's not always easy. And the path of faith is not always easy. It's not the nice path. It's not the path of, of always receiving things just unfettered with no, no work on our behalf but that the life of faith is the one that Jacob lived where eventually he decided to engage with God in a way that caused him to question, in a way that caused him to wrestle with God, in a way that did not give necessarily satisfactory answers, 
but that put him back into relationship with Esau. We are called to wrestle, and in that wrestling is where we find God. Amen.